0: Well, welcome everyone. Thank you for joining us online again today. Yes, those of you who've been tuning in for the last few weeks, it is Richard Green. Um, You have not tuned into the wrong broadcast. Uh, We are in the land of lockdown beards and we will see whether it lasts. Um, But uh, anyway, it is me. But we are so glad that you are watching with us as we get to worship and adore our Saviour and King Jesus Christ. And we're praying for you that you will truly meet with him through the power of the Holy Spirit. Today is a very special day in the calendar of the church. It's Pentecost Sunday, the day that we celebrate the birthday of the church. And although from the very beginning, God has been calling out men and women, young and old for himself, empowering them with his presence, and catching them up in his plans and purposes. This was not true for all. It impacted certain people at certain times for specific tasks. But with the coming of Jesus to this earth nearly 2,000 years ago, that all changed because he was totally obedient to the will of his Father, even obedient to death on a cross in our place. God raised him to life again. And he has now returned or ascended victoriously to his Father in heaven. And the Bible says that he's sitting in triumph at the right hand of God. And he now pours out the Holy Spirit without measure upon all who call on his name. And that same Holy Spirit is now powerfully at work in all the earth, bringing many to a knowledge of Jesus, a conviction of their sin, and setting them free to be sons and daughters of the living God, filled with his fire, filled with his power. And the day of Pentecost was when that outpouring of the Holy Spirit from Jesus and the Father began, never to be revoked and now available to all. And that's what we're celebrating today. It's an event in history with a permanent effect for all eternity. And the great news is that we are caught up in it. And today, of all days, we get to, you get to, encounter again the reviving, equipping, gift-giving, life-altering, joy-releasing, presence of the Holy Spirit. Are you thirsty? (laughs) Then come and drink today of his presence. We're going to read some of what happens that first Pentecost and see how it is just as relevant to us now. So let's turn together to the book of Acts. I'm going to read from Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 13. I'd encourage you actually to read the whole of the chapter because really it's a whole piece, but um, time time prevents us from doing that right now. But if you'd like to turn, I'm going to read from the new international version. So this is what it said. This is what was written by Luke. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. What an encounter. Every time I read that, I just feel, wow, the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think the first thing that we realise when we read about this account of Pentecost is that it was firstly a day of power. Just as a body without breath is a corpse, so the church without the Spirit is dead. But what makes the church truly church, it's not the kind of building that we have or where we get to to do church in geography, it's actually the Holy Spirit powerfully at work in every life. Jesus had commanded his followers to wait until they had been clothed with power from on high. And he promised that when the Spirit came, they would be witnesses in Jerusalem and then into Judea and Samaria and ultimately to the very ends of the earth. Without, without that, they, they don't go. That's what Jesus said. Only time in Scripture where Jesus says, Wait before going on mission, because what Jesus realised is that the Spirit is vital to the success of mission. But you know, we don't need to wait, but we do need to be filled. Because unless we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we have mission impossible. It's just fruitless, and it's no exaggeration to say we can do nothing. But Jesus has delivered on his promise just as he was powerfully filled with the holy spirit at the start of his ministry on earth so now the church is filled with the same holy spirit and you see pentecost is the empowering of the church with the ministry of jesus in other words we get to do the same things as he did Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. And then we read in John's gospel that he breathed on them the Holy Spirit in anticipation of what was to come on the day of Pentecost. And what is it that we get to do? Well, just like Jesus, we get to preach and be good news. It's not standing in front of people like this necessarily, but it's about talking of what we've seen and heard of Jesus Christ. We get to do it with the poor and indeed everyone, everyone around us, leading them to Jesus Christ. We also get to open the eyes of the blind and heal the sick in the name of Jesus. You know, Jesus went around doing these amazing miracles, but they're miracles which we get to do in his name too. This is not finished. This is what we get released to do through Pentecost. We also get to set the captives free and release the oppressed and demonised in the name of Jesus, which is the name above every name. And we also get, just as Jesus did, to declare favour and blessing wherever we set our feet. Church, we are about good news, not bad news. And you know, this infilling, this coming of the Spirit, Is tangible and it's experiential and it touches us in body, mind, and soul. It is spiritual, physical, and emotional, and every other owl you can think of, and touches every part of our being. It changes you, it empowers you, it alters you forever to be more overflowing with love and worship and witness for King Jesus. And you know those 120 believers locked into that room on the day of Pentecost didn't just have some blessed theological thoughts about the Holy Spirit. It wasn't a concept, it was an encounter. It was so powerful. In fact, Luke struggles who wrote Acts to describe it He says it was a noise like a tornado, but it wasn't a tornado. It was like fire manifesting and resting on everybody in the room, but it wasn't fire. Filled with the Spirit, they start speaking in other tongues, other languages, which they had never learnt. But, you know, this encounter was life-changing for them. need you to understand something, that when the Spirit comes... He comes on his terms. It's not on our terms, it's not on your terms, it's not on my terms. And sometimes I know we can get hung up on the manifestations, you know, the noise, the, the sights, the, the shaking, the languages. Do you know, those are important because they're part of what the Holy Spirit brings, but we're not to get hung up on that because the Holy Spirit will be God. He will do what he will do. No, we're to get hung up on him. We're to welcome him. We're to worship him. We're to seek after him. And church, every day, because Pentecost is not just a day, it's a day of eternity, if you like, that carries on for, forever. We get to step into these things. One thing it wasn't, it wasn't neat and tidy and quiet and predictable. But what it did do is it unleashed the church from being locked in so breaking out everywhere. And it draws a crowd as the Holy Spirit turns up. And you know when the Holy Spirit turns up? Wow, people want to be there. I've had many personal times where the Holy Spirit has, has filled me and continues to touch my life. I, Columbia, nearly two years ago, was a, a real deal changer for me. But, you know, just after that, um, I went on a trip to Tanzania. And um, I was actually meeting in Dar es Salaam, a group of leaders, and we met on the roof of a hotel overlooking the airport, actually. And I was just sharing about how I'd encountered the Holy Spirit in Colombia, just talking about what an amazing spirit the Holy Spirit is and how we welcome him. And as I'm talking, suddenly the Holy Spirit comes on these men and women who were with me on the top of this building. And and they're starting to cry out and they're starting to weep and some of them are on their knees and there's so much noise coming out. All the people around are looking up and right next door to us, literally right next door to the hotel was a mosque. And all the guys had come to prayer and, and they were looking up and they were seeing these men and these women and myself just singing the praises, calling out to God. In fact, there was so much noise that the people in the hotel reception came all the way up to see if we were okay. But here's the amazing thing. Afterwards, they said, we felt something very special. Can you tell us what happened? We want to know what happened. We know something powerful did. You see, when the Holy Spirit fills, it shakes and changes everything. And these fearful men and women who are locked into this room suddenly when the Holy Spirit comes upon them become fearless and bold in their witness to Jesus they were even willing to die on the very same streets that their master had been arrested and then ultimately crucified they were willing to die for him and many of them did and as they share this message it changes everywhere they go they literally turned their world upside down. And in just a few hundred years, what begun with this small ragtag bunch of men and women conquered the Roman Empire with the gospel. Their witness set the fire of Christianity into every age and means that there are Christians now in every nook and cranny on this planet, including where we are now. And we're part of this continued story Of the church fulfilling the ministry of Jesus. I just want to say, church, we need the Spirit just as much. And because He's given without measure, there's no limits. And I I just want to invite you, wherever you are, you might be tuning in for the first time, but I want to tell you, you need to be filled with the Spirit. You may say, Well, I was filled with the Spirit yesterday. Yeah, you could be filled with the Spirit again today. You need to be filled with the Spirit because this is how we do the ministry of Jesus. A little bit later on, we're just going to have some moments to do that. But even now, I know the Spirit, I can sense the Holy Spirit working powerfully even now. But that leads to the second thing. Pentecost was a day of salvation. It was a day of power, but it was a day of salvation. Later, in the same chapter that we read, we see Peter addressing the crowd that has gathered, which must have been thousands. Amazing. 120 in a room, they gather and then somehow they find themselves surrounded by thousands of people. And Peter, as he preaches, quotes from the prophet Joel. And at the end of that piece from Joel, it says, And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. With the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, there is now unprecedented opportunity for people from every background to come to Jesus Christ and be saved. Whether you're young or old, whether you're male or female, whether you're rich or poor, everyone is now invited. You see, the Spirit points us all to Jesus. He's the only one who can save you, rescue you, deal with your sin, set you free and heal your brokenness. You can try all sorts of places, but I know you'll never find the answer except in Jesus. He's the only one who can show you why you are here and what's God's plan for your life. Only in him will you find rest for your soul? But it's the Holy Spirit at work right now that brings you to conviction of your sin and your need to turn to Jesus to be saved. I just know right now, he's speaking to some of you. I just want to say, this is your day. This is your time. What are you waiting for? As Peter preached about Jesus, showing that Jesus is Lord of all, showing that he's the name above every name, he's the God above every other God, the one who has conquered the grave and defeated sin and Satan. As he shares all these things, many in the crowd are are literally cut to the heart. They come under conviction that they need saving and they say, what shall we do? I don't know where you are right now, but I, I want you to come to that point of understanding that you need to ask, what shall I do? How can I be saved? You need that. And Peter replied, repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all who the Lord our God will call. And do you know what? In that moment, 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus. They responded and it turned their whole world around. And do you know, the day of salvation continues. It's the Father's kindness and love towards you that the Holy Spirit draws you to a day of decision in response to his great love in Christ Jesus. Do you know what? The promise still stands. Pentecost still unleashes salvation all around. Today, for you and me, it's real. Where do you stand? Where do you stand and you see if you haven't accepted you need to do that but for those of us who have accepted this is now our commission to continue that day of salvation in the power of the spirit our responsibility our calling is to be witnesses to what Jesus has done we get to do that and church I, I know we're in lockdown even if that's been lifted slowly. But we still get, just as one of those prophetic words that was shared, we still get to throw flowers, as it were, flowers of his presence, flowers of his fragrance, flowers of his gospel that change all around us because we have the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a day of salvation. And then thirdly and finally, the day of Pentecost is a day of the nations. You know, God's timings are always perfect. And it's no coincidence that the Holy Spirit was poured out abundantly on the feast of Pentecost. It was one of the harvest festivals in the Jewish calendar. It was celebrated 50 days after the Passover. But it also became a remembrance of Moses receiving the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai in the Old Testament. And as a result of this gathering, this this occasion, there were God-fearing people from every nation under heaven there in Jerusalem on this very day. And into this crowd, the spirit breaks out. Wow. You see, God is making a very big statement here. This gospel is for all people. It's also saying that whereas the old covenant was characterized by the operation of laws, by religion, by dutiful service, the new covenant, sealed by the blood of Jesus, would be operated by the Holy Spirit writing God's law on our hearts. Wow! And with a marvellous sense of divine timing, the new era is ushered in on the anniversary of the old as they meet together. Wow, isn't that amazing? The timings of God are just immense. And do you know what? God wants to heal the nations. Nations were once scattered at a place called Babel under a curse. Languages were confused. People couldn't understand one another. It divided the world. Now at Pentecost, they're brought back together, but not losing their unique distinctives and contributions, but now bringing praise and honour to Jesus in the languages that they themselves speak. Every language now cries out, the praises of God, and that's God's intent because he wants a people from every tongue, tribe, and nation. He wants to save the nations. He wants to heal the nations. He wants to break down the dividing walls that exist between peoples and cultures and races. And I know there's a long, long way to go, but it's just so wonderful that God cares enough to heal divides. This week I've been absolutely full of sadness to hear of the tragic death of that young black man George Floyd in Minneapolis, who died as a result of the actions of four police officers. We all know things like this need to stop. But it's hearts and minds that need to be changed and transformed that will ultimately cause things like that to end. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. No policy, no law, not even demands for justice, as important as that is, will change the inner man or the inner woman. But you know, I've seen it work. I've seen it work in our church. Our church is all nations. We have people from groups and places that would normally be enemies and hostile to one another. But now, in Christ, through the work of the Spirit, we're family. I've seen old wounds, hatred, even racial bigotry. I've seen those walls come down as the Holy Spirit breaks in. And we get to witness something of the power of God to heal even the deepest wounds and the deepest hatreds. And what we see here on the day of Pentecost is that all nations is God's heart. Whole nations turned around by his power. Pentecost gives us hope that this will happen and that one day we will see all nations bringing their unique praise to God. Spirit break out, revive our land. That's what we've been praying. We believe in a God who changes nations. God, heal hatred and division. Holy Spirit, make us alive in Christ. I just want to invite you, wherever you are, to stand if you're able to, or if you feel you want to kneel, that's fine. I just want to firstly, Invite the Holy Spirit right now, just to come and to fill you. And I want to invite you, first of all, to say, Spirit, break out in me. Spirit, break out in the very place where I am, in the lives of all those I'm with right now. Holy Spirit, break in and change hearts. I just wanna pray for those of you who know you need to be saved. This is your day, this is the day of salvation. And I just say to you right now, call on the name of Jesus. Say, Jesus save me, Jesus set me free. Jesus, let me know that I've come home. I wanna invite you right now to do that. And if you are doing that, I wanna encourage you to let us know. We wanna help you, we wanna take you deeper on this journey but this is your time. And just as we finish, I want to pray for healing in the nations. Lord God, I thank you that the nations are on your heart. I pray, revive our land. I pray, will you heal the hatred in the hearts of men and women? Will you be with the family of George Floyd? Will you bring good out of that immense evil? And we pray that whole nations will come to sing the praises of Jesus. Amen. May the Lord bless you.